is Extra Time on City Talk 105.9. Good evening, it's Extra Time on City Talk 105.9 with me, Dave Downey, Neil Shang and Ryan Lowe. Uh, we're struggling stuff to talk about tonight uh, because I don't like international football. Lowe's just oh, been... why? Lowe's just, Lowe just spent ten minutes uh, before the show giving it you know, giving it loads, telling me how good international football is. He's going oh, to oh, tell me why in a minute. I like it. My mic's not on. Struggling here. What? It is on? Yeah, Your phone's on. Your mic's are fine. Um yeah, well, as, as I've said before, Dave, I don't mind that I've supported England over the past, what, since since Gerard started playing for them, really, because, you know, I, I've been to plenty of games and, uh, you know, I, I've liked, I've quite liked international football. I just think that, you know, there's a lot of pundits now, of late, getting on everyone's back, i.e. Rooney's and, you know, they'll be on Sterling's back next and he's the best player in the country by a mile at the minute. So, I think it's... Um, I think it's a little bit unfair criticism, to be honest with you. And people saying about Roy Hodgson, um, fair enough, but that's up to the FA to sort out, isn't it? If they, if they think something's not going right, you know, I think they should look at that. But as far as I'm concerned, I think he's given the young lads a chance, whether some of them young lads, we were talking before, I feel like so the Delphs and um, the kid from Newcastle. Callback. Callback, whether they should be involved, I don't know. But, you know, look, he, he's given them a crack at the whip and, you know, We'll just have to wait and see whether they are good enough and whether they can do a Germany type over the next four or five years. See, what I think, Sandy, we, we've tried to reinvent the wheel so many times yeah. in England, and I think it needs a complete overhaul and a it does. complete fresh outlook from the FA at the top down. It uh, does. And th that, in turn, has probably led to me not caring about it whatsoever, mm. Lowie, um, which is a sad state of affairs because... You know, I'm, I'm English, I'd love to see our lads yeah. do well, uh, particularly yeah. with the, the whole contingent from Merseyside getting yeah. in the England squad. Mm. I'd love to see us do well, but there's nothing that sort of enthuses me from the top down, apart from but, those individual players. Yeah. And I think it's indicative of how poor the system is when they, you, you look it. at how well El Henderson, yeah. Sterling, Sturridge, yeah. Barkley, Baines, Jagielka, all right, maybe not the start of this season. But look how well they've done in their respective careers for their yeah. clubs and how mm. completely that changes when they play for England. Now, there's got to be, a, a, you know, a massive a, a massive problem <coughs> if their form for England is as poor and as negative compared to what they're like for the clubs. And you've, you've, you mentioned Hodgson there. He's, he's got to be one of the problems. But also, mm. you've got to look at who appoints him and the ambition that they've got. Roy Hodgson, to me is a yes man without without criticising him because it, I, I don't like the bloke for what he did to Liverpool for instance but mm. it's nice I, to know from Everton fan I know <laughs> but I, I just I just think he's <laughs> he's a bit of a, an easy an easy appointment a yes man if you like yeah. for the FA yeah. so what I'd like to see is a complete overhaul of the FA and the, the structure of English football we're never going to be like Germany the way things are going on no, no chat. I mean, what you've hit on there is, is there's a couple of good points. I'll, I'll raise a debate and people can tweet in if they want on this because I've got some yeah. some fairly strong views on the system and, and what's going on with them. Um, At City Talk 105.9 if you want to get involved. Yeah, good shout. Um, but the first thing is, is why are, why is the likes of Baines, Jagielka great for the clubs? As you said, maybe not so far this season, but going back as far as probably my memory as a young player, as a young man coming through is seeing the likes of John Barnes be phenomenal for Liverpool and then poor for England and that's all down to each individual player 
uh, or, or players at, at different clubs are being asked to do different things week in, week out. So because they're with their clubs more often than, than they're with England, they get into that routine, they understand their role, they understand each other's roles, and they, they thrive within that system. You then go to England, and then it's one man's job. So so you could get players playing for England, Dave, who, who, who are asked to do the polar opposite to what they're asked to do for their club. So that's the first thing. That's why I think on an international level, I think as fans we look at individual players and go, well, why isn't he this good? He's brilliant for Everton, he's great for Liverpool, he's brilliant for Man United. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is, I have a, a, some strong issues. We're never going to get a great England international team until our system, from academy down, uh, from the bottom of the academies right to the top, changes. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Is you can have as many great players and talent as you want. If the environment within which they're developed isn't, isn't great, good enough, then... What what chance have you got? And what I mean by that, and that's that, that's not a, an across the board. This is a this is a thing that I think is, is. Let me just start by maybe giving an opinion on Barcelona as an example. In our hierarchy, we have the under sevens coach and the under eights coach who aren't paid as much as the under twelves. Who isn't paid as much as the under-16, who isn't paid as much as the under-18. So they're all asp aspirational characters. They want to get up the ladder as coaches. So guess what? They want to win. They don't want to develop individuals. Yeah. They want to win. Because they can go to their boss and go, I haven't lost this season with my under-7s or my under-10s or whoever. Uh, instead of creating individual talents and players. And here's the other thing. The reason why there's that hierarchy is because they're all paid individually. And they're all viewed very, very differently. If you say, oh, I'm the under-8s coach at Liverpool... He won't be as revered in our system, in our culture, as the under-18s coach at Liverpool. But you know, Barcelona, every coach, from the chairman right down, to, looks at every coach in the club and says, in our academy system, you are all paid the same, you are all treated the same, you, no one is more important than anyone else, and they're all flipped round as well. So one year you could be doing the 16s, the next year you'll be doing the 10s. They're all paid the same, so there's no structure, there's no hierarchy to, to their structure. It's... Every year of your development as a young footballer is incredibly valuable and incredibly important. And until we get that environment right and, and a safe haven for young players to develop, and enough time, by the way, for them to develop, we'll never be as good as Germany or Spain or any the, of them. The ironic thing, Lowy, and, and you've got your young lads sitting yeah. here, and we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. Um, the ironic thing is the FA is so intent on ploughing money to try and fix this. The, any incentive it seems to be for these coaches is a financial one rather than actually the Absolutely. benefit of these young kids. Well, so, the likes of your lad, yeah. in there, he's not going to go any further uh, because there's a winning mentality. It's, it's get the ball in the goal by any means necessary. Yeah. That's the wrong approach. Nobody's going to learn anything. No chance. It's, it's like the same as if you're in school with any subject. Yeah. You're taught to learn the subject. You're not taught to pass the test. Correct. You know what I mean? The test comes yeah. at the end of it. Correct. So, you know, from, from that point of view, I mean, I don't know if you've been down there to St George's Park. I went down there in the summer to have sort of a Been tour. down a few times, yeah. And it just seems to be like the elephant in the room for me with the FA because they've promised all of these different things are going to happen to and it's going to be open to, you know, millions yeah, of kids yeah. are going to get in there and it's going to transform the English system. Well, I went down in the middle of the summer... I didn't see a, a child in sight. The middle of summer's day, middle of the summer holidays, I went. There wasn't a kid in sight. Um, yeah, all right. Then maybe that's the day when they don't do something. There. Yeah, yeah, the impression I've got is it's not exactly flooding the place. Should be using it every day. Used, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I, I'm going to say something about um, the under-17s play that the JD Stadium at Berry the other day. 
and our, our coaching staff stayed to watch them. So the next day he gets back to the late night, we were away at Wickham. And the next day I spoke to a few of the coaches and the manager. What were they like? He went, they were excellent. Some top ballers, as in footballers, saying he a few. Yeah. I think it was John Joe Kenny, the kid. They asked about him. He said he was decent on the ball. There was a kid, he mentioned the kid's name. I, do you know what? They actually left the team sheet up in our changing rooms today and I forgot to get I was going to bring it with me because I knew we'd have a little debate on this. My problem is with them kids, right, at 17 now. So, majority of them are probably playing for all premiership clubs, yeah. Maybe top half of championship clubs, if not. So, do you know when they get to 18, 19 and 20 and they don't end up getting a pro at Everton or Liverpool or Newcastle or wherever they're from? Well, where do they go from there? You know, they're good enough then. And they're still progressing. But they say, look, listen, we can't take you on as a pro because you're not going to get in our first team. And they come to Berry. Will they still be recognised to go and play for the under-19s or under-20s or 21s in two or three years later? I don't think they will. Well, that's another argument, isn't it? So, England under-21s yeah. now. So why? Are any of those lads going to get near the England squad? No, because they'd be in the England squad now. Because, I mean, you look at Sterling, he, he could play for England under-21s. Yeah. Well, that's there's it. A, there's he, a massive gulf between those... The, the he's the main man, isn't he? And he's 18. Yeah. He's 18 years of age. You know, like, people talk to me about... Um, the boy Jordan Ivey mm. and say, yeah, and he had, look, he's, he's a quality player, he has got ability. Well, guess what, mate? He had his chance before Sterling, six months before Sterling come on the scene. Jordan Ivey had his chance. Now, for whatever reason, whether he needs to go back out, on, he needs to go back out on loan to get more experience. He's now at Derby, which we'll find out and see what he's, you know, what he's all about when he comes back. Oh, he does come back and be a better player because I remember playing against him for Wickham and he was top draw and scored a great goal. And Liverpool signed a couple of weeks later. But I look at these things, me. I look at all these players. Sang, you probably had. He's probably had ten players on his books that have represented England from when they were kids. But then where are they now? There's every chance some of them could be struggling for a club. Mm. So I think they need to sort some sort of... I don't know. I, I don't know where they're looking for. I think they need to sort something out where, you know, if the kids were good enough at 18, but then they're being released from Liverpool, and come 19, the, the, the squad gets put up for the under-19s and they're travelling to Norway and Sweden and whatever on a mini-tour, well, why won't that lad be in it? I'm not saying he will or he won't, but nine times out of ten he'll get overlooked because he's being released from a big club. The other thing as well that I think's a problem is that they, they only play their, their own age right the way through. I remember uh, a couple of years ago uh, speaking to Andy Robinson uh, when he was at Tramia, and they were playing Liverpool's resis in a pre-season game, and they said, you know, we've heard about some of the bigger reputations and, and, and some of these young players. I won't give any names out that we've spoken about because that's not fair. But they were saying, oh, this kid and this kid and, and he's he's had three games in their first team. He's been on the bench four times. He's done this, he's done that. And I said, well, let's see what happens then. They went there. I went to watch the game. Tranmere Rovers' first team, which is full of men yeah. who aren't considered talented players necessarily. Oh, yeah, they're only League One players. But... That couldn't be further from the truth. Tramia Rovers bopped Liverpool's resis everywhere. Mm. They were my, in, and this, listen, Dave. In terms of ability, in terms of passion, in terms of fitness, in terms of strength, Liverpool uh, Tramia's players to a man were better. But yet, yet surprisingly, lots of those players at League One level would never be considered to jump into the Premier League like they used to, you know, of yesteryear. It's well, this kid will play for Liverpool's first team, and I look and think, well. Why is that 25-year-old Tramia player or that 30-year-old Tramia player who's just walked all over this young kid? Why is he not being considered for a championship move or a Premier League move? What's going on? And it's it just I feel sometimes that that opinions like Lowy saying you're a great player at England under 18, then all of a sudden you're released and then you can't sniff it yeah. at a Betty's team or a Tramia's team and and you've gone out the system, but. 
it's distorted in terms of how good these kids are it can be distorted and I think that's a real issue that we we put so much pressure and so much sort of um, you know sort of uh, I don't know we, we rave about these young players that I think it's a bit unfair on the kids and I think when they're put on the high of a pedestal it's really really hard to live up to what really impressed me I, I remember watching Spain's under 21 winning I think they won the uh, Euros yeah. yeah I remember and that. they had uh, two World Cup winners yeah. in the under-21 squad. Yeah. I think yeah. it was Lorente and I think <laughs> it might have been Isco, someone like that. And uh, they played for the under-21s. Now, if I'm an under-21-year-old player, I've just got me call up to the Spain under-21 squad and I see the two World Cup winners are coming to play in my team. I'm inspired thinking, I'm going, these lads are treated as equals to us. These lads yep. are the equivalent. The first team's not far away from me. Yeah. Whereas what Lowy was saying before... That pathway from, say, for instance, the England under-21s, England under-19s, to the England first team could, might as well be another planet away because it's never going to happen. Mm. You get lads who are in the under-21 squad now, have any of them got a real hope of representing England at a, full, a first team level? It's well, never going to happen. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 it's disappointing. Um, you know, you look at... I mean, I don't know what, how you guys feel about it, but Greg Dyke come out, come in, didn't he? He's in charge of the FA now. He's charged with doing this. I actually, feel sorry for him because it's the impossible job in many ways because there's so many different opinions and mm. what one, one man's gain will be another man's. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Fortune, yeah. But he, the B team sort of issue uh, has reared its head, hasn't it? And. I just want to get your thoughts on what, how you think that benefits if a B team structure was to come in like there is in Spain. Yeah. Would that work over here? I, I believe so. I'd be I'd be a massive fan of it because it gets younger players playing against senior pros more often and for points and in front of crowds where it means something. The only thing that we've got that's any similar, Dave, is a loan. Well, that's the, the only thing we've got is the loan system. The whole reason I ask is because you've got Lowy here playing for, for Betty. You get League Two sides starting, say, for instance, in the conference or League Two. How do you then feel that the Premier League sort of reserves, if you like, because that's what they'll be, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. How would you feel, as a competitor, as a competitive professional footballer, that you're playing against a Premier League's B-team side at your level? Would that sort of degrade, degrade what you think you're doing, or would that sort well, of thing go on? I don't these lads uh, potentially playing for the Premier League team in the yeah. future. Is that is that inspirational for you to go and play against them? Not really, no. I don't think so. Sang will be different with me with his with his with his job and whatever else. He he needs he's got probably loads of kids that need to get out and play. Definitely. Um and, and they probably the kids who he's got, with all due respect, they could be looking for a club in two or three years' time because they're not getting a chance to go out and play and to to represent the teams, what they're signed on for and stuff like that. And that's where the loan system does help. But just on that, this is nothing to do with Sangi's players because I don't know half of them, but you get lads coming into, into Berry and Tranmere. We had it last year at Tranmere, coming mm. from Premier League clubs, coming from Championship clubs. Well, guess what, mate? They don't want to do it. They don't want to do the hard graft. They don't want to travel up and down the country. Oh, pick it up on the motor. Hang on a minute. I'm used to sitting on a coach getting everything done for me. Me, 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 coo, me tea cook for me. Well, guess what? When you're at Sammy or Betty, you might have to go around the corner and get your own sandwich. What? My own sandwich? Little, boots, who's clean my boots? Little things like this, right? They're not physically and mentally set up for it. So I think, I don't think it'd work me personally because for one, me being an, an older pro and playing with older pros and, and up and coming pros and Pros who've been around for around the game for a while, but guess what? You know we're playing a set of youngsters, and we've got points on it and cash on it, bonuses and everything else with it. Livelihoods. Listen, it? they're not going to last two minutes. They might be the best technical footballers in the world, but if I'm not a tackler, but 
if one of our centre-halves went through a young lad who was 19, skinny as hell, but he's got the best feet going, we'll tell you what, mate, you're not getting past me, you're not, you're not making me look a fool all day, so I'm going to wipe you out. It happens. No one needs to mean to hurt anyone, but that's where I think they'd struggle with it, because yeah. bigger and stronger teams and more powerful teams, who, as we've spoken about before, not the best quality of players, but technically other players are better well guess what mate you're not taking no money off me and you're not taking my points off me fascinating debate and it's probably the most interesting 20 minutes we've ever had on this show <laughs> <laughs> especially let's with you let's see if we get any tweets in yeah, yeah. Hey, let's see there'll be loads of tweets at City Talk 1059 at Arlo give us your viewpoints 15. 15 at Neil Sang no not come on Sang the footy agent sorry I should know that off by half <laughs> right uh, we're going for a break we're back shortly with uh, a bit more of what you've just been listening to <laughs> Extra Time with Neil Sang, Ryan Lowe and Dave Downey. This is Extra Time on City Talk 105.9. Now, Extra Time with Neil Sang, Ryan Lowe and Nick Smith. This is Extra Time on City Talk 105.9. Nick, Nick Smith. Smith. Nick Smith. Nick Smith. <laughs> Nick Smith. 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 Can't do that, <laughs> <laughs> No, but just to say happy birthday, so we're going to have a nice scoff out later, oh, so... Oh, good stuff. Um, happy birthday to Make the, sure he spoils you, Mrs. S. <laughs> yeah, make sure. She had some dull Primark Pink, pink champagne. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what started with the show that we didn't really know what we were going to talk about, it's turned into a really interesting debate, hasn't it? And we've had some really interesting tweets in. Uh, James Clussie's got in touch, he said, allowing Premier League B teams in the Championship, League One or League Two, creates 20 new teams... It's a financial disaster for lower league clubs. Uh, Steve said he's disenfran- why people are disenfranchised with the England uh, debacle is they see it as a them rather than us. So it's hard yeah. to, connect, to connect your support to yeah. England than you would Yeah, yeah, club. that's a great point. Uh, and Andy Francis has said so England should take some of these kids on a contract pay them a basic wage and then loan them out for free to lower league clubs. I think that's probably an interesting idea, to be honest with you, because it's not yeah. costing uh, the lower league clubs anything in terms of wages and things do you like know, that. Do you know that? I think, do you remember Lillishaw, Sangi? Yeah. There was a Lillishaw years ago, weren't there? There was yeah. a lot of players in it. I think they should do... The players who've been released from bigger clubs, I think, because the way I look at it, if you're, if you're a League 1, League 2 player and you're... You'll always get a chance at that level, but if you want to be the next Wayne Rooney or the next Steven Gerrard, it's going to be tougher because we were talking off air about wages and whatever else. We'll get onto it a bit later, but I'm talking big fees, big monies, and whatever. But I think they should do some sort of a little show. You know, we were talking, Dave, about you know lads getting left behind when they play for England yeah. under-18s and then come the 20s or the 19s, they're no longer there. These players, I think they should have another little show. I think Glenn Oddlad won in Spain, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And there was a few lads going on trials here, there and everyone. I think they generally should do something like that and have a big... Because they've got their facilities up there, they've got the hotel on there, they've got everything yeah. there, they can have day-to-day training, they can send players into clubs on trial. I think that would work more than anything because mm-hmm. then kids would have to look at it and think, well, do you know what? I'm not going to be able to be this 20 grand a week premiership star what I want to be. 
but I can be a hundred grand a year player or a two hundred grand a year player. I can work my way up to maybe you know fifteen or ten grand a week, whatever it may be. So I think there's definitely room for development on that side of it, mate. Do you know, do you know what I think it is? Just to add on to the debate and the talks as well. It, you know, we're talking England, we're talking elite players, aren't we? But for me, it's it goes a lot deeper than that. I've said before um, when I saw when I try and advise a young player or or his parents or whatever. I asked them to take ownership of their future. And they go, what do you mean? I said, well, if the coach isn't coming to you as an under-16, under-18 player and saying, you've got to be working on this and this and this, and there's your session, let's go and put it on for you. If that coach isn't doing that, there's no excuse for you not to knock on his door and say, coach, I need blah, blah, blah. This is what I need. What do you think? And here we go. And we get the, we have the chat, and then they put a plan in place. Because here's the thing. Let's just say, let's just say the under-18s coach at Evan. Let's just pick Kevin Sheedy. Under-18s coach at Evan, he'll have in his, under his charge, 20 players. Is it reasonable to expect Sheed, who's got his own things going on in life with his missus, his kids, you know, I know he's had his, his health issues, he's, he's, you know, his, his you know, f- extended family, whatever. He's got his own personal issues, so is it feasible and reasonable to ex- expect him to come through the gate at Evan every morning and say, right, Fred Smith, what does he need today personally? How's he been as a kid? How's his head been? You know, I know his mum and dad might have split up. His head's been a bit thing, so I'll I'll sort him. To, I'll put it, give him a little hug. Um, that so so him. And what does he need as a professional? What does he need as a player? And there's Billy Bloggs over there. What does he need socially? And what does he need professionally? It's unrealistic to expect that. So guess what happens? Because of the workload placed on Sheeds and the likes of the likes of the coaches around the country, they put a generic session on. If it's a possession session, what does a centre half get out of that? Mm. If it's a crossing and finishing session, what does a fullback or a centre half? Fullbacks might get a bit more. What does a centre half or a, or a centre mid get out of that? So there's there's little bits you can get out of everything, but it's never ever specific to a certain player. So there's those sorts of challenges that go on a, a, as well. But in in the main, I feel sorry for the coaches because of the environment that's that's or the the sort of the constraints on them. The environment's got to be right yeah. for any yeah. k- young kid to flourish. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you. So you're basically saying there's an onus on the player first of all themselves. The player first. They get up and go and, and the will to succeed, the will to make themselves a better footballer. 100%. Plus the family support as well. 100%. The network. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you find that low? I mean, in, in terms of how you grow up and, and you know what? into football. No, I, I, I was late when I was a late developer. I agree with Sangi's mm. saying there because, you know, like coaches going in. Like, you know, they should be like, it's, it's like school, in it, saying There should be programmes set out for them. And I know, th- I know there is, there's definitely, as at our place, the young lads need to get bigger, stronger. You know, when the gaffer's always on some, can you do this? What do you need to work on? Can you work behind? We've, we've just had a thing in our lobby in the, in the ground. A wire with a ball on, so he's teaching the kids how to let the ball. It's just little things like that. But as Sangi's saying there, the coaches don't know all this. So you've got to now say to them, look, what do you think you need to work on? All right, his left foot, yeah, everyone knows if it's your bad foot and whatever else. But I, I never really got it. I was sort of... I had to come through the Sunday you football. You worked it out for yourself, basically. Yeah, exactly, worked it out myself. Goal. That requires a lot of self-discipline, doesn't it? I mean... But belief, yeah, that, 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 that requires loads of self-belief, by the way. Because you can easily sit there and go, well, as a young player coming through, I seen him at Shrewsbury coming through, and he, he was sober and getting a little go, and then he was sober and getting, and then he moved on. You and you could easily it. cave yeah. in and go, well, all them kids who come through, they had loads of coaching, I haven't had that, and they've never given me a chance. But he never... 
that's the frustration. Do you know what though? I, I was I was surrounded by good good pros and and mm-hmm. one of Sangi's clients, Ian Jenkins. He, yeah. he sort of the first year I got there, he was there. And he was obviously living in Liverpool and ex Everton, Chester and whatnot. And he gave me a lot a lot of information and a lot where I was going wrong, what I was doing right. And then a couple of years later, or a year or so later, it was Nigel Jemson. Although we had a love hate relationship, me and him, it was a bit of like. Used to shout at me and I thought, you know what? One day that'll make me better. Mark Atkins won the Premier League trophy at Anfield. I had a fight with him. I was a young boy, you know. Me and him were fisticuffs on on a, on a training pitch in Cardiff on a pre-season tour. Ian Warren, these players who both played in the Premiership. So I thought, well, do you know what? And obviously, me, me being mates with Stevie throughout me, his career and my career, you know, I was always, I always had people here to pick brains off, and I'd always I'd always go and do it. But you know, now guess what? Do you know kids at clubs up and down the country? They don't speak to the pros. They're terrified of them. Whereas I'm I'm always a bit different because I was nurtured by some of them older pros, and they're like, oh, little scouse kit and all this and I was like yeah yeah I thought I was one of them but as Sangi said you've got to be disciplined you've got to keep your head you know there was times when I was coming on for 10 minutes I've gone why aren't I playing Kevin Ratcliffe left me out the team once for um, going to a Robbie Williams concert on a Thursday night he'd be in the Wednesday and he went I come in on the Friday oh, I went to Robbie Williams there lad brilliant Kevin Ratcliffe and Dave Ferguson in the corner come Saturday the team got announced I weren't even sub Hang on a minute. Sure, I played last week, done well, we won, and next thing goes in Monday morning, what was the problem, Gaffer? Did you do something wrong? He went, yeah. You were in a concert till all hours. I went, I was home for 12 o'clock. He went, yeah, but tell me tell me the truth, was you standing up or sitting down? I went, standing up? He went, exactly. I went the night before with my children, and I couldn't, I was standing on my feet all night, got in, I was shattered. I thought, whoa, mm. he left me out the team for that. He went, but now you've come in, and being a bit of honesty, you're back in next week. I thought, brilliant. So these are little things, what can turn you, and also, what Sangi will speak about in a minute. Mm. It's the money side of it now. People, kids nowadays, they want the next Ferrari, they want the next Range Rover car, they want to be sporting around in all Dolls and Gabbana and all this top name stuff, you know, Montclair jackets, you know, all kinds of shoes. It's just the way it is. So I think at times have changed in that department as well as wanting it a little bit more. I had to drop down the leagues and play non-league to get it. There's not many kids, I'm not, you know, I'm not blowing my own trumpery, but there's not many kids who'll go and do what I've done because they haven't got the... They haven't got the ambition, they haven't got the enthusiasm. Or the resilience. To, to do, yeah, because that's, that's, they feel like they're better off, but they're not. You've got to work for it. That's what I want to move on to a little bit, Sangia. Obviously, you're a football agent and mm. you'll have seen it all in regards to what Lowy's just been talking about there. Yeah. Um, in the press lately, obviously, I mean, I, I think agents get a bad press just by the nature of what goes on because <laughs> when, when, you, when you see kids asking for. Some of it quite rightly, by the way. Yeah. Um, they do. They get bad press quite rightly a lot of the time. Obviously, we're not going to mention any names in this part of the show. <laughs> uh, but, I, I, well, one name I am going to mention, it was in the press. Uh, George A. Mendes, I think the, the guy's name is, uh, former nightclub owner, brokered the deal for Angel Di Maria to Man United and Falcao as well. Reportedly, he's brokered over a billion pounds in terms of football um, money. Transfers. And transfers. He's obviously taken his cut of that. He's going to be a very, very wealthy man. Yep. And you get, when I when I read in the press, uh, I think I've read something on, on the BBC that said something like, Agents' fees are down by 17% and, and 4%, and it's a positive spin on that sort of thing because what people see is money going out of the game into somebody's pocket that's not yeah, yeah. to do with the game. Now, where, where I want to ask you about that is, this this guy, Mendez, is obviously making 
in excess of a million pounds per transfer day. Minimum, easy. Isn't he? Easy. So, can you understand that argument that people are saying money goes out the game when it goes to an agent's pocket? Because, obviously, I mean, we've spoken about it a lot off air when, when we've, you know, been to social things and, and stuff like that. And your priority is with getting the player, um, you know, well-grounded, having the right attitude yep. and, and setting them for a career. Yeah, that we'll see all those demands and the sections come along. That to me, we all have different opinions, Dave, on on the job and and how the job is. And my opinion is that if you get a young player, if you actually thought, and I've said this to people before, if I actually sat down and thought about my responsibility to a player and his parents and his his girlfriend, his wife, his fiance, whatever, his kids, you know, later in life, if I actually thought about the responsibility I have, I'd pack in. Because it's huge. Because no. one little thing I say to somebody, if it's the wrong information or if I don't quite get something over the line for them or if I say, oh, that's nailed on, we'll do that, and then it falls through. I've got to be very, very careful what I say to a young player or, or even a senior pro because it, it, it can impact him and his whole family. Now, when did you become a licensed agent? 1999. 1999, so... You'll it's been a long apprenticeship, <laughs> mate, I tell you. <laughs> I was going to say, but you'll have seen it go from... Like one end of the spectrum to the other because that's the time when yeah. Premier League cash is starting to get out of hand yeah. and generally that'll trickle down the ladder or, or yeah. be it not as much with lower league players. Yeah. So do you see a change in young players and their family's attitude from when they come and approach you and said, look, I need an agent? Mm. Do they come to you with the attitude of, I want to million percent rather than, I want to play for? Yeah, I mean, very often it's about that. You know what, though? I've, I, I can think of. At least now half a dozen young clients that I've got who are who are football oriented, and that's why I love them. them yeah, that yeah. Well, uh, some of them come like that because it's just their dream to play football. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I've pitched to uh, to players in the past who I haven't won, um, and it's been it's been money oriented. And I say this, and I say this with absolute sincerity. I want a kid who's a great person first, mm. and I'll tell you for why. And a great player second, I'll tell you for why. Great person, wants to be better, wants to be first in, will listen to his coaches, he'll be a fantastic teammate, he'll have big dreams and he'll put plans in place to achieve those dreams. And if he's a great player after that, you've got an unbelievable kid. If you get a great player first, guess what? He'll have had all this, you know, fantastic um, accolades bestowed upon him as a 15, 16-year-old kid. You know, he might have played for England, he might not, but he'll, oh, he's, ne he's the next one through, he's this, he's that, he's the other. So his focus is a little bit more monetary. Now, I I'm going to say this, the, a next piece, and, and this sounds contradictory to, to what I've just said, but it's not. When I actually then source the player with the great attitude, uh, uh, who who's an un unbelievable kid, it's then my job to try and get him the best deal because I'll tell you why. If I get him an okay deal, then and then a young player signs from down south or from abroad and he's on ten times the money, the coaches who've sanctioned that deal to get that kid ten times the money will overlook my client because their their reputation's on the line with this big hitter. So when I actually get to the table, I've got to try and get him the best contract going mm. because in, t in in tandem with that, sometimes his, his opportunity lies relative to the amount of money he's being paid, but. I'm always, I'm always of the belief that by the time that happens, I'll have worked with that player and I'll have worked with that family so that they're focusing on the right things. Because I say, if you chase money, money will always run faster than you. But you know, if you chase being brilliant and chase being fantastic every day, money will come running You'll to you. That, yeah. And that's the sort of mentor I've got to be to these young players. Do you, do you feel as if you have that sort of responsibility at Betty? Say you've got a young kid coming through and you think, oh, you know, Ryan Lowe, they're scoring goals all over the Football League. Do, they, do, you, do you feel as if you have an obligation to go to them and look, say, 
this isn't how it is. This is, you need to keep yourself level-headed. You need to not chase money. And, well, and move I, I, was, I was fortunate. It must be the easiest thing for these kids to get told that the next Steven Gerrard, or oh, you're going to be top class, you. And that automatically, I mean, it's probably not even the kid's fault. It's going to develop. An ego, well, that demotivates me. Do you know what I read? That just sorry, could not load. Just dead quickly. I read the book. Right, I'm fascinated by books and uh, you know autobiographies, whatever psychology, you you name it. And I read the book called Mindset, and it's by a professor called Carol Dweck from Berkeley University in the states. And she said, when you praise talent, it crumbles. Do you know why? Because talent, when you praise talent, it's got, the brain tries to live up to that talent, so it stops putting its balls on the line, mm. it stops putting itself out there to be shot down, because it thinks, well, I've got this accolade, if I suddenly have six bad, bad games, or uh, they'll shoot me down, so it stunts creativity. But you know, pressure on Exactly, you. but if you create, if you praise uh, work ethic, and you praise hard work and proper effort, guess what? Mm. They try and live up to that. So guess what? Talent, talent is created from that the ground, the ground base of of, of work ethic and, and 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 sort of desire to be brilliant. Yeah, no, just, yeah just on that. Well, I was fortunate. Obviously, I, I played in all the lower leagues right the way up to, you know. Well, obviously, I got cut short to go to the championship. Which well, got to the championship. Sheffield Wednesday, my dreams broke. Boom, gone. But to get there, I, I left Berry to go to a big club in Sheffield Wednesday, and I was fortunate. I scored loads of goals, broke a few records. Well, guess what? The big clubs come calling for. I think I had a, a pick of three or four, and I thought, well, do you know what? Sheffield Wednesday's a big club. I, I, I want to go there. So I sort of broke that later on in my career. I went one of these young lads who was earning. I don't know, to say off the mark. 10 grand a week for argument's sake I bet one of these lads who was earning that type of money where and the next thing you know I've got to go back down to 2-3 grand a week I, I was never that way uh, when I was 32 I got a big move to Sheffield Wednesday because I'd done, done well and produced the goods and scored goals and they wanted another goal scorer but that's what happens I think you've got now players who, who you know who, who are looking for bigger salaries, well, guess what, them salaries might not be there no more, and your record and your status and your legacy may not be up there anymore, we, yeah. without naming names, we had a lad at our mm. place pre-season, he didn't have a clue what the wage structure was, I got on dead well with him, I told him what my wages was, I said, look, he went, all oh, right, he said, uh, he said, I'd be looking for this, that and the other, and I thought, well, you know, you're entitled to look for whatever you, you, you want, <laughs> but, five times anyway, the, the deal never happens, and he, he, went, he, he went and gone to a championship club, but, you know, his standards may have been higher than the club standards, I, I don't know what it was, but that's what you've got, you've got boys mm. now, it's either for him, I was going to say before, but, but, you know, there's, there's plenty of players left, Sangi, mm. but, that, I said to Sangi the other week, that's the way, it, the way it is nowadays. People move on. Someone will say to him, oh, do you want to come with me? And, and, and I feel sorry for ageing, especially Sangi, because that's what will happen. Big hitters, well, not big hitters, but kids who've been on, I don't know, a 70-year-old kid who's on maybe £2,000 a week at one of the premiership clubs, and he goes, well, I want two and a half of them leaving here. And Sangi goes, hang on a minute. You might have to go to a League 2 club where the average wage is £50,000 a year or £100,000 a year, something around that. Well, guess what? You've got to change your limits and you've got to change your, your standards, your can't go in asking for this, you got to do that. Sometimes you'll have to take a step back to take two steps forward, and I know loads of people who've done that. Yeah. Right, we're going to take a break. We're massively over time here with the debate <laughs> forward. <laughs> uh, the good city stuff, tower. good stuff. Uh, we're back in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Now, Extra Time with Neil Sang, Ryan Lowe and Dave Downey. This is Extra Time on City Talk 105.9. Extra Time with Neil Sang, Ryan Lowe and Dave Downey. This is Extra Time on City Talk 105.9. 
sadly Nick Smith's gone home for the evening, so I'm back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it Nick again? Yeah, it's, no, it was me this time. I got it right. It's <laughs> City Talk on a 5.9. It's extra time. You've only got a couple of minutes left due to the uh, heated debate and passionate Good talk. Debate. Passionate talk. We're trying to right the wrongs in footy, Dave. In- incidentally, <laughs> the podcast's available if you have missed this fantastic hour of radio. So, Good uh, stuff. Do get on either any of us uh, on our Twitter accounts. We'll have a link up for the podcast a bit later on. Uh, I've had an interesting tweet there. No wonder EFC gets patronised on City Talk. When Dave Downey said he dislikes Hodgson <laughs> because of what he did to LFC. I agree. Whoever's tweeted that in, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Being well and truly Dave, stuff, Don't be looking for support in here, Dave. Well, apparently I'm just not bitter enough, according to Zedcar6, Pete. He's a nice fella. I I've had a good tweet as well um, from from um, I think it was Phil McNulty uh, before my phone's off now. So, but he said saying about young talent getting a, a going. A journalist, Phil McNulty. I, I don't know. I don't think it was. He said he's watched his brother in non-league football for years, and he said the talent there, like look yeah. at the likes of Jamie Vardy, <laughs> who's gone from from yeah. Fleetwood Evo stick right through to the Prem. And he's right. There was a stat, and this tells you something really, really interesting. There was a stat done about twelve months ago, um, saying about the biggest developers of English players for the Premier League. Well, the, the number one was Man United. Um, the number two was non-league football. You know, yeah. so the likes of an Ian Wright or a DJ Campbell or a Chris Smallin or, you know, people like that. Yeah. You know, um, Seamus Coleman was even a non-league. Or it's Ireland, but it's non-league as well. So you're looking at all the... That tells me an interesting fact. Big clubs get it wrong. They release early. So if a young player's released early, but he's got real resilience and belief in his own ability and doesn't get disheartened, you drop into non-league, like we said it before, yeah. one step back to take two or three forward. Yeah. It can happen for you. It's a great thought because Robbie O'Hare is a good friend of the station's going to touch his our top Premier League clubs too ashamed that maybe think that's the wrong word Robbie but mm. he said the shame to sign players from lower league clubs i.e. Rob Jones who was at Liverpool and Seamus Coleman yeah. recently with Everton yeah it doesn't happen uh, no more uh, is that a lack of what scouting or is it because of I don't think it's influence a, of foreign uh, yeah. players Inf- influence of foreign players and, and the infrastructure of foreign scouts and mm. so, <laughs> Do they oh. believe though, Lois? Well, I, the scout that there isn't any talent in non-league football. Do you think how can how can we have missed them? Is there? Is there a, I'm only throwing that question. Out. Is there an arrogance in scouts or coaches or clubs? Well, to we're say, going back to saying we can't have missed them. We're going back to saying. I, I believe majority of the, the people in these players in non-league. I believe they will have been sought after from scouts. And then there was a boy called Paul Taylor. Yeah, um, Peterborough Ipswich. You're not going to believe this. He was a Peterborough team, wasn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, he, had Peter, a, he, he was, was at Chester with me. I've actually played against him. Well, he, was, he was um, our school team in the Sheffield <laughs> Cup quarterfinals. <laughs> That's them. the highlight of your <laughs> career, isn't it? <laughs> we beat them 6-5 to get to the semis, right? Oh, I love it. Uh, literally, the whole of our side, our year 11 side, were camped on our literally on our goal line. Yeah. They were just taking pot shots. Mate, he was, the yard. Well, he, he, player. he was at uh, Anderlecht, I think he went. Yeah, to well, well, he did. He, he did. went all over the place. He was at Chester. Got done for. Uh, he, he got banned anyway. I won't say what it's for. He, he got. He got a football ban. Come back. Um, anyway, he ends up getting a chance abroad and Anderlecht, and then come back. I think Ipswich give him a chance, signed him. But he actually from Foxhall Motors. He was playing. That's right. Chester bought him. And he actually went into Liverpool, you know, for a week or two weeks training with them on trial. Really? Yeah. And I know that from the inside. He went there for a week or so yeah, trial. And I, I raised the question, why? And the question was, well, we had to have a look at him because he was a local lad. 
So had to be in the operative way. Didn't well, it? I don't know. It was under Benitez era. I don't know whether it was had to or whatever. But going back off that, that may have been because you know they had own brown there. He was like a scout, and maybe Owen said, "Look, get him in." But you know, he's a, he's a good kid. You never know. He could just turn out to be another Michael Owen or yeah. whatever. But going back to that, I think the scouts brush it off. I think they look and think, "Nah, he'll never play for Liverpool." But why not? Why not coach him into playing for Liverpool if he's a seven or eighteen year old kid in non-league? Well, guess what? I can make him. Big, the way Ronaldo's big, I can put big legs on him, I can put him in the gym, I can work him hard. You know, everyone's seen the pictures of Bale and Ronaldo when they were Man United and Tottenham. You know, look at them now at Real Madrid. Well, what's the difference? They've made them more physical, more stronger, more determined. All right, they might be at the best club, one of the best clubs in the world, but they're still going for it. They still want to be the best. Still development, still want to be the best things. I just think our lads and our kids up and down the country, they get forgot about them too easy. Definitely. Well, uh, we've neatly reached uh, the final stages of the show. Uh, it's been a fascinating hour. I didn't know where this, this was going to go. I was uh, anxious to get in and sort of plan the show. And I've still got a list here saying Scotland 1, Germany 2. We haven't mentioned there. We haven't mentioned... The no one's bothered. <laughs> hey, by the way, yeah, great results for the Irish teams. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Big up to them. Brilliant. Well to them. And thanks for all your tweets tonight. It's been a really good show. And uh, Lowy and Sangy, I'll see you next week. Brilliant. Extra Time with Neil Sang, Ryan Lowe and Dave Downey. This is Extra Time on City Talk 105.9.